0: This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Pokemon Puzzle League, where swapping blocks somehow makes you an athlete. welcome everybody to ultra 64 we are the internet's comprehensive nintendo 64 podcast each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the nintendo 64 catalog and we are playing it and we're lining up combos and we're chucking garbage into each other's screens and my name is steve Guntley.
1: I'm going to win, Woody Suskowski. <laughs>
0: we are joined today I'm gonna by... I'm going to win. Sorry, I'm working on my Ash impression. <laughs> I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Uh, I'm going to win. It has to be really high. I'm going to win. We are joined by a special guest today. Say hello, special guest. Hello. Uh, introduce yourself. What's your name?
2: My name is Nate, and I love Puzzle Week.
0: Well, you are in good company there, because... Uh, God damn, do I love Pokemon Puzzle League. I've been excited about this game for a while. Like, I'm very, very biased about this one. I just love it to death. It's a great game. Yeah, I, th- I think this is, if not the best puzzle game ever made, I think it is the best competitive co-op or like like uh, the best multiplayer puzzle game
1: well, you just, you're just coming out with your superlatives right at the beginning.
0: I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, right. I'm uh, you know, I've been around the block with yeah. some puzzles. I've, okay, I've All the block. You've lined up all I've the I've been blocks. around all the blocks. <laughs> yeah. I've lined them up. They Even all disappeared. The, L, the L-shaped ones. And the only one that remained was Pokemon Puzzle League, yeah. you know? So uh, I, I think this game is just fantastic. Um, and uh, I think it's really kind of optimized for the Nintendo 64. I think it really plays well on this. I think this is the best version of this type of game. But that's just me. Call me kooky, call me crazy. Um, This does give us an excuse also. We've talked about Pokemon before, of course, with uh, Pokemon Snap. Weirdly, the only Pokemon game we've done so far, and that feels like a million years ago. (laughs) Um, But Pokemon Snap we've covered, so we talked a little bit about the Pokemon phenomenon. Puzzle League gives us the chance to talk about the TV show because this is one of the few games that's actually directly based on the TV show that was super popular in the 90s
1: and has actually remained fairly popular. Crazy yeah. popular.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, it's still on. I was shocked to learn that. It is still on. They're yeah. still airing new episodes. Uh well let's dive into that. So the Pokémon TV show uh the Pokemon animated series, sometimes it's just called the Pokemon anime, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it debuted in 1997 in Japan and it is still going 19 year, What is that? 22 years later? Yeah. Uh, it debuted on the U.S. in syndication in 1998 and then it moved over to Kids WB the following year. And it was a ratings dynamo. It blew everything else out of the water on uh, Kids TV. And it was the number one kids show for many, many years. And the corresponding VHS and DVD episodes sold upward of 25 million copies. And that's just in the year 2000 that's just that's crazy to me um and
1: they sold that many copies in the year 2000
0: yeah or? yeah that's just the number that they sold in the year 2000 yeah. uh even today the series is the most popular program on netflix internationally uh so like throughout the entire world it's on netflix it streams no, on I didn't there no it's on netflix yeah it, it runs in like 200 different regions and it's still like insanely popular around the entire world There was a major motion picture, Pokemon the First Movie, a very uh, audacious name for a a franchise (laughs) (laughs) starter. Because I I feel like that's happened. And blown up in people's faces before, like with Loaded Weapon 1. There was never a Loaded Weapon 2. So there was a movie called Loaded Weapon? You've never seen Loaded Weapon? Oh, man. Was it's it a, a Lethal Weapon parody? It is exactly now, that. Right? With Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson, it's actually really funny.
1: What, was, the, was that the joke? Was that it was supposed to be one? I and think so, yeah. there was supposed
0: to be a second one? Right. But, you know, then you get History of the World Part 1. There was no Part 2. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was intended to have a Part 2 two or not but that's mel brooks okay yeah. again i'm I'm picking out parodies so you sure. know we don't need to put too much stock into that so yeah uh the major motion picture pokemon the first movie it debuted at number one at the u.s box office in 1998 <laughs> i still think that's the only anime to have ever done that to right To out at number one yeah because none of the, Miyaz- the miyazaki films always get like limited releases you know and they're always huge over in japan but not as much here Yeah, i
1: can't think of anything else um, that was that was uh sort of Evil Mewtwo was the, the main right. antagonist. Of that I, I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in the theater and got a promotional Pokemon card.
0: I I didn't see it in the theater, but I I remember going to rent it. Me and my sister went to rent it. I was probably like 16 when that was out on VHS. Yeah, it
1: would have been borderline. <laughs> yeah. For you to
0: be like i my my sister goaded me into going to rent it and i felt like so embarrassed because there was a very cute girl working at the counter mm. and uh i had to pretend that i really wasn't into anime i'm like oh yeah no this is this is for my little sister i'm just renting mm. for her, you know no big deal and then i go home and i'm like crying at the end of that movie <laughs> i'm very involved <laughs> in it and i love it um yeah so it, it was a big hit it spawned uh 17 sequels. There have been 17 feature-length Pokemon movies. They all still get theatrical releases. Most of them are just like Fathom events at this point, but they get theatrical releases. Uh, I think the most recent one, I forget what it was called, but it was kind of controversial because Pikachu Talks he speaks English. It was
1: called Detective Pikachu. No, 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 not <laughs> even that one. No,
0: no. I see that one. I could get behind. Uh, Detective Pikachu was a lot of fun, but this one, uh, yeah, Pikachu speaks English, and there's videos of like fanboys watching this in the theater and just like losing their shit. I can't tell if it's good losing their shit or bad. That's but like bizarre. That is the weirdest thing. It's very strange. It's it sounds very odd coming out like in more than just Pika or Pikachu. You know?
2: Are the
1: uh, the show and the movies are still about Ash? I
0: mean, it's... I? I don't know. Actually, I, I, I think
1: they are because, like, people check out the mangas and stuff from the library okay. and rent out rent out the series. And I think yeah. they are still about Ash. Which and he is must crazy, be
2: dude. immortal at this point because yeah. he's never aged.
0: Yeah, no, he's yeah. never. He's got the Bart Simpson syndrome yeah. or whatever. Like, it's thirty years and he's still the same ten year old. Um Yeah. So the the series is actually credited for spurring kind of the, an anime boom in the U.S. Like. Before Pokemon, like, anime was a thing, but you still had to kind of seek it out. Like, you have your Dragon Ball, you have your Sailor Moon, your Speed Racer, things like that. Well, and
1: it was, I would say, like, those things you always associate with anime. I feel like Pokemon was the first thing that sort of introduced kids to what was anime, but you never even thought of it as anime.
0: You don't even really, yeah. It's just
1: the Pokemon cartoon. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like anime was sort of dependent on the, like, the nerdier nerds who were willing to, like, go dig out this hard to find stuff. Sure. And then eventually you're just like, oh yeah it's just Pokemon. It's just...
0: Yeah. I mean it's 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 very accessible uh, pleasant little show but like I, I think kind of the floodgates open from there. I mean uh, lots of stuff that was only available in Japan like became started becoming available in the US, you know. And I think I went through a bit of a phase. Like I'm not a big anime guy but uh, I've liked most of the stuff I've watched. I never really feel all that Motivated to watch it, but like I've always liked what I've watched. I don't know. What about you guys? Are you, are you anime folk?
2: I really like anime on a casual level. I enjoy how they can make any subject incredibly dramatic and yeah. exciting, including like ballroom dancing. <laughs> yeah, sub- subjects they have animes for every topic, and they're always every exciting. topic. Yeah, yeah. They're always exciting. No, um, there,
0: there's a <laughs> you know, there's a really weird one I only learned about through the What a Cartoon podcast, but it it I forget what it's called now, but it's just about Teenagers getting really involved in a very, very obscure card game. That's kind of just—it's called Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like some weird, like it's—it's it's almost like Mahjong or something. It's like it's like a poetry-based card game where you have to like memorize it, and they made this long-running, like really dramatic anime out of it.
1: I. For some reason, anime has just never clicked with me, and mm. I feel like, based on my interests and things that I enjoy, I should like anime, and I have ga- given it many chances, mm-hmm. and it's just n- never clicked with me, aside from like the sort of Miyazaki films with Grave
2: of the Fireflies. Yeah. Which, yeah. There is there is that moment of discovery when I discovered that there were killer episodes, and then there were filler episodes. Mm. Oh, like, Yeah naruto oh my goodness whenever you have like i mean how many episodes of naruto are there there's, there's like hundreds yeah and
0: there's like or like one piece or 10 like percent
2: killer 90 percent filler it feels like at times
0: so well, that's those, rough
1: yeah i mean they're based on the mangas and like the mangas are like have 50 volumes of yeah. stuff and you're like well you're gonna have to start recycling yourself here pretty quick
0: yeah yeah i mean i always every time i watch something anime i always like kind of want to redouble my efforts and watch more of it because I think the last thing I watched was the, the uh, newer series called The Promised Neverland that popped up on Hulu, which is really cool and I enjoyed it a lot. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I want to like start watching other shows and then I just never do. Uh, I think it's just I my attention span is too low to watch something with subtitles these days. Oh, you don't watch uh, it
1: dubbed? No, I don't watch oh, it dubbed. Oh, see, I... I can I loved dub things. Oh really? I I maybe that sounds, you know, maybe that's heresy. No. But mm-hmm. like I if given the option between regulars from subtitles and dubbed, I will always choose dubbed. And even if the default language track was in English and for some reason they had an English dubbing as well, I would choose dub because yeah. like dubbing is just hilarious to me and there's yeah. Yeah. So even
2: if it's a, especially if it's a bad dub. You're, yeah. You're still down. Oh yeah. Down. I'm you're all still about down it. for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the bad dubs can be fun, but like I find if I want to be engaged in the story and like really like yeah. get a sense of the characters, I kind of need to hear maybe it in that's, its own language. Maybe that's
1: why it hasn't clicked with me. Maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: It is. It is kind of a disconnect with the. On uh, the cheaper animes,
2: the voice acting tends not to be fantastic. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> it's ever, very true. Have you ever seen the, like, two different versions where you you watch the subtitles and then you listen to the dub and the actor or the character is completely different in uh, uh, Japanese? Like, either, like, incredibly effeminate and, like, the English is, like, macho or uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's it interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think the the other notable thing I want to talk about with the Pokemon series was uh, the famous episode Cyber Soldier Porygon. Uh, so you guys probably know the story. In December of 1997, uh, the Japanese series there aired, this was the 36th episode of the first season. It was called Cyber Soldier Porygon and Ash and Pikachu had to go inside a computer to fight a Porygon. It was like the digital Pokemon. Um, and the episode had a lot of flashing strobe lights and things like that and it caused nearly 700 children to have uh, photosensitive seizures. Oh my gosh. Some of them were hospitalized for several weeks and uh, it, it uh, health officials in po- Japan start calling this Pokemon Shock hmm. which is kind of an amazing name for a disease. But uh,
1: So games, uh, games now always have um, that disclaimer at the start that says like this game contains scenes of like flashing lights and if you have any sort of You know, history of seizures or anything, contact your doctor before you play. Hmm. Which is also a warning I like a lot. I like the idea of calling your doctor and be like, "Hey, I want to play Death Stranding. (laughs) Like, is, is that okay?" And the doctor's like. What? He's like, let, let,
0: <laughs> hang on. I'm booting up the PlayStation. Yeah. Just wait 70 to 80 hours yeah, while exactly. I play this. I'll give to, you... A... I need
1: to lay down the zip line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a second. I'm carrying a lot of packages.
1: I just wonder if that Pokemon episode was kind of a spur for
0: that. That was. Yeah, okay. that's the that's the exact reason. So um, the producers pulled the show off the air for four months so they could go back and retool everything. Um and then all of a sudden, yeah, companies started being very diligent about including these warnings beforehand if your show or your game was going to have a lot of flashing lights. Because now they know it's a concern, you know? Uh, it had never happened on that big of a scale, I think, and it really freaked people well, out. Well, I mean,
1: it also just goes to show how popular the show was. Yeah,
0: definitely. Is. I'm sure
1: it only affected a very small percentage of kids. Yeah. But, like, just so many people were watching it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this uh, this was parodied on The Simpsons when they go to Japan and they watch uh, Super Fighting Seizure Robots. I hate that episode. Yeah, (laughs) it's Uh, the the Simpsons go are going to blank episodes are always a little hit or miss that. Yeah, just, I they, agree. They, they, they have, like,
1: the most broad stereotypes about the place, and they immediately go there.
0: It wasn't as bad to me as the Chinese one. I felt I like don't that even one. I do remember that one. Yeah, that's where they go to uh, adopt, oh, sell yeah. new baby. And I feel like they were really leaning hard on the Chinese
1: Yeah, the stereotype. Japanese one and the Brazil one. Yeah. I, I had trouble with both of
0: those. But I love the one where they go to Delaware. Yes. That one's really good. I'm
1: going to visit the screen door factory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, it, it was really confusing. Like, two pieces of media that I really like both had were going to Delaware jokes. Mm-hmm. with The Simpsons and Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. And so I always get confused whenever someone makes that joke about, let's go to Delaware. I never know which of those two they're referencing. I swear to God,
0: I always have like a weird urge to just go on an ironic vacation to Delaware because it's the one state like I know nothing about. Like, I, I don't know anyone who's been there. I don't know anyone who's from there. Like, the only celebrity I can think of who's from there is Joe Biden. And that's not a very exciting celebrity. <laughs> no. That's that's oatmeal in a suit. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, So as a result, yeah, this episode, Cyber Soldier Porygon, was pulled. It's never been seen again. It's probably on YouTube, but, like, it's never aired again. And weirdly, they kind of punished Porygon because that character didn't appear like barely at all after that uh i mean
1: porygon is a pretty lame
0: pokemon i mean he's he's all blocky and cool looking but Mm. but i mean the the reason for all the flashing in the episode wasn't because of porygon it was pikachu like pikachu was using his attacks and like
1: you're saying they should have kicked pikachu off the show
0: kick him out porygon gets moved up he's riding on the shoulder now (laughs) yeah and he just hacks iphones all day uh so that i don't know i always thought that was a very interesting thing uh but in general the video games and the anime have kind of gone their own different routes and they have their own like separate but related canons. I think the one of the few crossovers that you get in all media is uh, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce the name but Ikui Otani uh, who does the voice work for Pikachu Uh, so I think I think we all kind of accept that that's the sound Pikachu makes like even in Detective Pikachu like Ryan Reynolds is voicing it most of the time but when other people hear it it's Ikui Otani's voice Uh, and yeah I think we just kind of accept that's that's the way Pokemon sound They, they yell their names out a lot All right, let's jump into this game here. Pokemon Puzzle League, released September 25th, 2000, developed by Nintendo Software Technology and published by Nintendo. This was an N64 exclusive, but it was eventually ported to the Virtual Console. And there is a very, very good, not really a port, but kind of an adaptation of this on the Game Boy Color, which I would strongly recommend. Uh, So this game... I think that game is called Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Challenge, yes. Mm -hmm. I think I've still got it somewhere around here. Uh, so this game is part of the Puzzle League series. Uh, this debuted in 1994 in Japan as Panel de Pawn, and it was first ported to the U.S. as Tetris Attack for the Super NES in 1996, which swapped out the anime characters for the original uh, from the original with models from Super Mario World 2. So it's very Yoshi's Island theme. Uh, now, Nate, Tetris Attack is kind of your jam. This is where you're coming from, yes, right? Yes, I, like- I
2: love Tetris Attack. I played it on the Game Boy, and I played it on the Super Nintendo. And the Super Nintendo didn't quite have the, the horsepower to run it fully up to speed, so there were some frame issues, but mm. that felt great, too, because it <laughs> felt like it was bullet time, and I could line up combos better because it was slowing down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, re- I really love the core mechanics of Tetris Attack, for sure.
0: You just so, get kind of galaxy-brained, you know, after a while. It's like, oh, no, it's not slowing down. I'm just—I'm Neo. <laughs> I am the one. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the core mechanics a little bit. Yeah. So in
1: Panel de which, like you said, started, was released in Japan— They've basically set the premise for this game, and pretty much every game that's been part of this series mm. has had the exact same premise and gameplay. I mean, you like, don't want to mess with changed. it, yeah. I mean, just in the scope of, like, original Tetras, like, very little has changed from that, and this is very much the same. They're like, okay, we figured it out. We're just going to figure out ways to re-release this. Yeah. And, yeah, so the gimmick here is is very misleading. Like, the title Tetras Attack... It's a very bad title.
0: This has nothing to do with... And I get why they did that. Like, they wanted to attach it to their killer, like, puzzle game app and, like, make it a thing. But it's not a Tetris game at all. No.
1: I mean, so you have these colored blocks that sort of raise up from the bottom of your screen. And these two white squares Mm -hmm. um, that run horizontally. It took me a long time to figure out that you couldn't, like switch your squares you couldn't make them vertical
0: or something no yeah just yeah Um, you're just moving things horizontally within these two squares yeah and then you
1: just press a to swap the two uh blocks that are in your square and then you try to line up uh three matching colors Mm -hmm. matching blocks and then they'll disappear and so you just try to stay alive for as long as you can without the blocks hitting the ceiling
0: yeah the blocks are rising up from the ground and uh you know, that's kind of the basic uh, idea of it, but the nuance of this game comes in the combos. It comes in uh, the gravity of being able to drop blocks like from one row down to the other, things like that. Uh, swapping out a block with like a blank block to move, break it out and uh, move it away from the others. So there's some strategy to it, and there's a, it's, there's a lot of nuance that doesn't really come across.
1: But I feel like the reason that this game works so well is it's one of these games that I think is fun regardless of your skill level at it. Yeah. Like, it's... When you play just, you know, the one-player modes and you're playing against the computer and you're only sort of lining up three blocks at a time and just trying to clear that and stay alive as long as possible, it's still a fun, exciting puzzle game. Yeah. And then as your skill improves and you're like, oh, now I see how I can line up these combos, it... You know, there's always new challenges.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. If you clear... Three blocks, they just go away on your screen, but if you get more, like four in a row, five in a row, and because you're doing two panel swaps at the same time, you can get another five with the other side, and you can get 10 or even like 14 Hmm. in a single. That never happens. (laughs) It's a dream. Um, It's Yeah. yeah. I think I've done it once by mistake. And when you get those bigger ones, then you send over garbage to the other side, and your opponent has to break those by... Making
0: a match that touches that. So there's. And that's that's not us being derisive. This is these are actually called garbage blocks. Yes. It's just big chunks of like, uh, I don't know, just big long blocks. Yeah. That just obstruct they don't your screen. Match. They don't match anything. They're just a single yeah. color. Yeah. And you need to match up three uh, or more of a shape right next to it while it's touching the garbage to break it down and then turn it into regular blocks and then you can manipulate those.
1: So the, this sort of garbage idea is specific to the two-player mode. Or more accurately, the versus mode. Mm-hmm. And you can play the versus mode with another human. But there's also... This game has a lot of modes. So um, in the original Panel de Pond and in Tetra's Attack for Super Nintendo and in Pokemon Puzzle League, yeah. there's basically all the same modes. Yeah. Um, your basic mode... I would say like the, the most basic of mode would just be your endless mode, which is just blocks arising and you try to get as high of a score as you can yeah. and sort of stay alive for as long as you can. Um, There's a time mode where you say, okay, I'm going to play for two minutes and see how many points I can get. There's a line mode where, like, there's this white sort of dotted line that you have to dig your way down to and get all your blocks under that. Um, And then there's a puzzle mode. That, that I think, is also worth talking about. Yeah. Where, in this this one specifically, um, you'll... It'll have a background and these sort of set blocks that don't move at all. And then it gives you a set amount of moves. And you have to destroy all the blocks in those set amount of moves. And so it's a lot of just sort of staring blankly and being like,
0: uh... If I move this, what will happen here? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Which, like, I always enjoy those modes, but I understand why people don't. It's a very
1: different kind of game. Like, it's cool that it's the same gameplay, but it's a totally different working of your brain like yeah. the, the default game experience with this game is like just panic and like being in sort of a zen gaming mode whereas the puzzle mode is just sort of frustratingly trying to
2: especially work your way through. when you're trying to solve them before you get internet before internet is oh, a okay. thing yeah. yeah 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 and you can't You know, ask around as as your best hope. Maybe someone else plays and they know. Right? Yeah, you would hope so. Please. Pretty dumb and frustrated.
1: Those those are my least favorite type of puzzle game. That's what's funny is the term puzzle game is what we associate now. Yeah. But really, Tetra or sorry, keep it uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. Like Mm. the default game here is not very puzzly. Like the puzzle is lining up colors. Right. The actual puzzle mode is actually a puzzle. Right, yeah. That's but like I a, hate that mode.
0: Right. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, the, the main core mode here is like the two player versus the one which player is like, like so, a which reflexes is, mode. It I is, mean it's it's, a, it's, it's essentially a, like
1: calling Robotron a puzzle game. I broke oh, a sweat.
0: Boy. I broke a sweat playing both times. And I mean, and I mean we'll get into that, tetzals. but yeah.
1: It's like it's really not that much puzzle going on. It's no. more about like just being fast and having good reflexes and planning. Yeah. But you're yeah. not trying to solve anything. It's just funny to me that, like, the technical meaning of puzzle is actually a style of game that I really don't like. Okay. That okay. Like, yeah, would be like you're, you're missed or something, right? Yeah. That would yeah, be sort of yeah. more of a puzzle game. Um, there's this game I bought on Steam for some stupid reason called Steven's Sausage Roll.
0: Okay. Um, yes. Oh, There's, I know this
1: game. Where yeah, literally yeah, yeah. the goal is to roll this sausage and evenly burn it on all sides, but you it's just like this spatial pushing game, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> it is so hard and so frustrating, and I'm like, I can't believe anyone enjoys this game. And it got like really good reviews, but it like, was a
0: popular I, game. I just yeah. can't
1: wrap my head around it. Yeah, now.
2: Steam sales are great at forcing you to be like, oh, maybe this time I'll really like this bubble yeah. game. Right. It's 75% off. What could go wrong? Yeah. So <laughs> you have to Replace your monitor and keyboard. Yeah, and you're
1: like, man, because those games just make you feel dumb.
0: Like, oh yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Pokemon Puzzle League does not make you feel dumb because No, no.
0: You know, I mean you, if you're if you're really in the groove, you get into kind of a Zen state, it's very uh it's very comfortable.
1: And sort of uh your meat and potatoes of this is the one player and the two player stadium. So yeah. these I mean the two player just allows you to play these already the modes I already described with another person. The one player mode is you enter as ash
0: mm-hmm. so this is sort of so, where the story gets yeah, integrated. Rough, yeah roughly there is like kind of a story yeah. so like this is at, uh technically it takes place right after the second season of the tv show so ash had just defeated the orange league if that helps anybody <laughs> uh ash and pikachu are trying to take a vacation then they learn they've been selected to participate in the pokemon puzzle league they go to this olympic village style area to compete against a uh, everybody from the original game. Basically, you're kind of recreating the original game in puzzle form. Yeah.
1: There's, there, there are a few characters that I think are only in the TV show as well. I
0: think so. Like Tracy, I games, think, is yeah. like uh, only in the TV show and so, some of the bosses, I think. But yeah, so that, there is like kind of a loose structure of the story. And then all of your modes are separated into different buildings in this. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about going to a stadium or going to a track or something like that. But there's
1: yeah. also pretty in-depth like training in this mode. Like there's a how to play thing where they'll just give you basic videos and then there's sort of a different building where they'll show you advanced techniques and then you sort of mimic what that person does. Yeah. Um, which which is cool to sort of understand those mechanics. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said the main part of the game, you go to the one player stadium, you're automatically Ash and you just sort of work your way through the different trainers. Um, so you're gonna battle your rival first and then you battle Misty and get, or Brock and get the rock badge.
0: Yeah, you Misty go through the all the gyms badge. in the same order as the first game then you do the final four at the end and then the final final battle is against mew Oh, oh okay. and um, there is a code also you can uh, enter to unlock him as a playable character oh that's cool which uh, i've that. never done um
1: and one thing is oh sorry i lost it i had a thought and then i dropped
2: it i will say that the ai in this game is quite solid it oh yeah can be very incredibly smart. aggressive and ridiculously fast um especially at the harder difficulties like it's It's pretty impressive. We
0: learned this right off the bat. In a super uh, weird way. Yeah, me and Nate were sitting down to play a two-player match. And Nate, you couldn't control your guy at all. Like, it was just... It it took off. It it let him...
1: So, yeah, it let him pick his character, select his difficulty, and then the countdown went. Three, two, one, Go. And And My my cursor
2: starts
0: moving around like the controller has been possessed. Like, I thought, I'm like, holy shit, you're just, like, next level at this (laughs) game. Like, this this is the fastest I've ever seen anybody play it. Like, I I lost in 30 seconds. And then we looked at it, and it's like the CPU was turned on, and it was set to the highest possible level. So it was just, like, control, it was just taking it away from you.
1: But it's a super weird option in the menu to to be able to turn on CPU in or that plays for the
2: second player. I mean, I still guess went
0: to two-player mode. I guess if you just want something to compete against, well, to train. Yeah, you know. I think
2: it's to prank your friends. I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it <laughs> it's
0: like, hey, come over and play. Let's
2: play a money match right now. <laughs> yeah. And then you just you just randomly jiggle the controller while the computer's playing. It's like, <laughs> oh,
0: uh, yeah. Oh man, that'd
2: like be a, like much. a movie scene of someone yeah. playing a video game.
0: You know? <laughs> or like uh, unplugging your little brother's controller and telling him he's playing or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah um yeah so uh yeah we've gotten into some of the modes here so yeah let's let's try and break those down yeah we have multiple training modes like you said we have um mimic mansion that's where you go with tracy to try and learn different modes and just get kind of get demonstrations um yeah the one player stadium we talked about you also go to the track and you can play the marathon mode where it's just endless um and I think it ramps up in speed over yeah, time. It uh, so it gets pretty fun. Yeah, it's I like doing that sometimes. Just set it on the lowest level and then just see how long you can go. Uh, that's a really fun mode. Um, you can go to the... Uh, uh, you can do time zone and you can play single player time matches. You can go to the spa. It's, uh, the mode called spa service is just the clear the line one. So you have a line like a, bl- a blinking dotted line that appears on your play field and you have to dig down, basically. Yeah. It's uh, it's not about setting up combos. It's just about digging and getting it as low as you can go, as fast as you can go. So,
1: let's, uh, let's talk about the presentation here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because um, this game looks really nice. Um, it does. There's not a lot of... This game looks seems like it's all 2D, pretty much, mm-hmm. right? Um, all the... Sp- brights are 2D and they're really pulled right from the show.
0: Yeah, it's crisp and clean. We get a little anime video uh, like it's like a 30 second video using probably recycled footage from the show we decided. It's hard to tell but um, yeah, we get a little video introduction with all the voices uh, have, have come back.
1: Yeah, and so then there's a ton of characters to pick from. Um, I, There's all the eight gym leaders. There's like...
0: 15 total. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah Fifty. well, 16 if you get Mewtwo, yeah.
1: And they don't make any difference, like, in the game. This game sort of gives you this false choice of, like, what character do you want to be, and what Pokemon do you want to
0: Yeah, use? that's the thing. So you get three... Every character has three Pokemon assigned to them, and you select them. They're basically just your lives, you know? Like, yeah. and the goal is to defeat the other player's three Pokemon, so I like that as a way of retrofitting kind of the Pokemon yeah. style in to this style of game. Like you said, it doesn't make a huge difference, but if you're playing as, uh, say you're playing as Pikachu and you score a big combo and you drop garbage on your player, opponent's field, it'll come down as a big electric type block. Yeah. Uh, just matching but the... But
1: the type, yeah, the types don't matter. Like That's no. a, big, a core part of Pokemon is like you, the electric's going to be more effective against the water. But that doesn't make any difference in this game, which I think is a good thing because this is not a game you want those extra gimmicks kind of poisoning no. the balance. No,
0: not no. Yeah, th- that's that's the really smart thing I think this game does. It's like it knows it's got a really good game there and it doesn't try and fuck with it too much. It gives you a lot of options for ways to play it, uh, but that central gameplay is going to stay the same no matter what you do.
1: I think this game has exactly the right amount of Pokemon branding in it. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's enough to give it a lot of personality. Yeah. Um, the voice samples of the characters do get fairly annoying. Um, yeah, oh you
0: you're, you're going to hear them a lot. Yeah. What does is, what is James keep saying when you're playing Team Rocket? I'm feeling giddy. I'm feeling giddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I mean, I think that is a nice thing about having so many characters is you get sick of the voice sound you just play as someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, uh. This is also a great game like if you're playing it at a party or something, turn the volume off, get some music going, yeah. and just jam out on this. Right. I mean, mostly you're going to just be yelling at each other anyway, you know, and it's... This is a puzzle game that will attract spectators. It's a very
1: fun game to watch.
0: It's a fast-paced game and... Uh, the, the balance shifts at a moment's notice like you can there's lots of like come from behind comebacks and uh, you
2: uh, want Nate you want to talk a little bit about
0: the competitive
2: sort yeah. of scene of this game? yeah so just to talk about that comeback real quick when you send a large block to your opponent they have a chance to break that and the the block will break sequentially in chunks. so if you if they send a giant block your way, you might feel like you're completely hosed. But if you break it, you you get extra time while it's breaking down to line up combos and then in turn send something big the other way. So you get these big swings back and forth in momentum and power, and it's really exciting to watch. Plus, you just look amazing because (laughs) once you learn to read the screen, which is very hard to do at first and very overwhelming... uh, you just look amazing to everyone else. Like, oh, I, I can't, I can't even follow what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you get yeah. Faster, and you see combos, and you're moving quickly, and it just looks very
0: impressive. So, and like I said, you're breaking a sweat, like because yeah. you're you're moving that fast, and yeah, like it's you're, a yeah, it, it, uh, you get really deeply focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Right? like you have to be, because if you look away for a second, you're going to lose. So,
2: I mean, this is a game that people play yes. in competitive yes. settings. Yeah, yeah, and I've played some tetris attack tournaments for example at pax and other places and that is a completely different beast because i grew up playing tetris attack with one friend the only friend i knew that played it and we 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 developed uh play styles i would be really defensive and Hmm. he would start by boosting the screen to the top and clearing a bunch and sending stuff my way i would wait for it send it back and that became our our set routine. Now when you go to a tournament, mm-hmm. you think, wow, we're amazing and we're going to crush these scrubs. Yeah, yeah. And then you come up against some crazy savant who does things that you didn't know were possible <laughs> <laughs> oh, and nearly locks up the Super Nintendo <laughs> and it's sitting there smoking on the table and you get wrecked. It it
0: used so. to be like when I was first starting playing these games, like I would I would see higher level players like going at this. I'm just like I don't understand how you're putting this together like how are these combos happening intentionally like I don't know that was only kind of recently that I learned to think like that and like arrange your blocks so that it'll fall and land on a, a, a trigger a combo like that mm-hmm. but it, it's really it's very impressive to watch like super high level players are really really impressive more so than Tetris I think I don't yeah.
1: know. I mean, this game, I think this game is just a lot more visually appealing than Tetra's. Yeah. Like, just, uh, the blocks look really good. So, one of the Pokemon branding here, too, is you can choose your block style, and the default, they all look like Pokemon types. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one, the blue one has little water droplets, the red one has a little flame. I yeah. don't know what the purple heart type Pokemon is. Yeah. Or I, the yellow round type Pokemon.
0: Yeah, I don't think they totally but, correspond. Like, I don't know yeah. why the
1: yellow doesn't have a lightning bolt on it.
0: Right, that'd be like, that easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lightning bolt, uh, purple can be like a ghost type yeah. or something yeah it would have been easy to go all in i don't know why they didn't maybe they needed to retain some of the original branding because isn't that the same shapes that were on tetris attack i don't remember the tetris attack shape I, I, I don't I think had. so i
1: think it had stars on the yellow
0: stars and yeah. circles and half moons yeah, triangles like that. And yeah
1: but you can also set that as your um, block type if you want it to look the same
0: yeah, yeah.
2: yep yeah oh and i will say that um, as you break garbage blocks, and if you hit a combo as it's falling down, that'll be a times two. You can do it again, and that's a times three, and you can keep it going as long as you're continuing to break things as they fall. Once you get up into the teens, I think around 16 or 14, the game just substitutes a question mark. Mm. <laughs> like it just says, okay, and gives up. Wow. Um, so that if you make a block that's larger than the screen... It will just go to a question mark, and you can keep it going, and it will go above the screen. Oh, Once wow. you start having blocks above the screen, there's a hidden timer that starts, and if that timer reaches zero because stuff is above the screen, that's when you lose. So there's a lot of grace there and a lot of time to futz with things before you're actually out. Um, but, but, yeah, I love... I this is the kind of thing that 90% of players who play this game are going to oh,
1: have yeah. no idea about, right? No idea, no idea. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I, we got challenged, me and my friend that I talked about, we got challenged by this... This this younger lad who's like, you want to come mm-hmm. over and play Tetris Attack? And yeah. he was going to school us. And we sat down, and the two of us were like, oh, well, the two of us are just going to warm up real quick. In our first match, we got the question mark combo, and oh. his eyes, like, bugged out of his head. <laughs> and he was like, whoa. And they're like, all right, you ready to go? And he's like... No, nah, nah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, you can have this one. I'm good. I'm gonna go get a Mountain Dew. <laughs> Weirdly, like my first experience with this series was with Panel Dupont, was the original Japanese. The uh, shout out to my friend Vincent. He had a copy of this, like imported. For a Super NES. Which is really
1: impressive. Like, the, the whole idea of imports yeah. when I was playing Super Nintendo was, I had no It was totally foreign to me. Hey! Um, hey! I didn't even know it was something that you could do or how imports even
0: work. Well, it's like pretty, it's it's similar to the N64 where you yeah. just have to kind of cut out the little tabs and yeah, totally. like, It's no pretty trick easy. It. Yeah. But, like, kudos to him. Like, this would be a
1: pretty deep cut. Like, if you're going to import a game, you know, you would
0: usually assume that it would be like. Like a fighting game or something, yeah, which exactly. is usually what he imports. He's a big fighting game guy to this or day. What. But like but like yeah panel de pont's kind of a deep cut he yeah. he brought us over I, I remember specifically going over to his house he's like oh you guys want to play panel de pont? it's me and a couple of friends and we're like we have no fucking idea what this is it boots up it's a bunch of like smiley like anime girls and like everything we have no idea what it is it's all in Japanese and then we start playing and I don't think we stopped for seven hours yeah. like we just stayed there playing that game all night and then the next several nights we just came back and kept playing it it's you, addictive as you hell you said
1: that he imp- used to import a lot of fighting games and I feel like this game Actually, scratches the same itch as it does. a fighting game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially if you have people to play with who are sort of of a comparable skill level to you. And I feel like that's sort of something that all our stories have in common here: is you find another person to play with, and you just get better together. Yeah. And you're just sort of always at a pretty comparable skill level, and it's always exciting, like just like a fighting game. It's not very fun to play if someone's way better than you or way worse than you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think, and it, I think that it's really good because. It sort of is that same appeal of a fighting game, but you can really explain it to anyone very quickly.
0: You're not well, like well, it's got that fighting game thing too, where like you can just pick it up and button mash and probably do okay, but you'll get a lot more out but you're of it. not really you're using button some mashing strategy.
1: because there's only like one button. Like, well, I there's guess some
0: fighting games where like the, you don't know the special moves and you just get destroyed. The the equivalent like, of button mashing, yeah. I guess, which is just like. As, looking for threes like as quickly yeah, as as you totally possibly can. Yeah, just we, looking
1: we just for how I play. Still, right. like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty decent at this yeah. game. No, you but are. I, yeah. I just
2: line up a bunch of threes. Yeah. Yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's any with any good strategy game like that. You could just play quantity of games and get a little bit better, but you have to actually take the time and just try to line up something bigger, even if you're under pressure. Otherwise, you're never gonna get really good at the game. Right. And that's a sign of like practicing intentionally is a sign of a good game, if it makes you better. Yeah. And,
1: um, there's one other mode we didn't talk about here, which sort of sets it apart, because, like, all of what we just talked about here is basically in Tetris Attack. Yeah. Um, so there's... But this game also has a 3D mode. Yeah, Um, so that's...
0: We didn't talk
1: about it much because it's sort of a weird afterthought. It's...
0: Well, uh, here's the thing. I don't think it's an afterthought. It doesn't feel like half-baked or anything to me. It's just... It's not necessarily the most fun way to play it. I think because... You're effectively tripling your screen. It's right. you're you're so tripling the, the things that you need game, to keep track of. But instead of. of
1: being in a rectangle, it's the cylinder is in the rectangle. And so as you go farther to the right, the cylinder will turn mm. And, yeah, it just means that blocks are sort of stacking on top of you all these 360 degrees. And sort of my strategy, so Steve and I played this. Yeah. And my strategy of just sort of going around and hitting threes as much as I can to try and manage it actually worked really well in this mode. Right. Um, Because you have so much more blocks to keep track of, it's way easier to just sort of... Gar- yeah, button mash.
0: Yeah, like said. and I, I'm glad. I'm really glad that this was an optional feature and not like yeah. you know because around the time this game was released, the big push was for everything to be in 3D, and this is one of the oh few Nintendo 64 games that is mostly in 2D. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. even puzzle games, like it's not very common.
1: And it's cool. I mean, this is a fine mode, and sort of the yeah. the heart of this game. And I think all it has all this content, but the thing is. You just want to play the default mode. It's that's true. Just the best way.
0: It's a, It's just so good. The the
1: yeah the base mode of Panel DuPont is one of the great beautiful things in video games. Yeah. Like, it just just as the way original Tetras is just works so well. This works equally well as that. It
0: really does. It, yeah, it just it just works. And, you know, I forgot to even mention, but we we have uh, Gunpei Yokoi to thank for this game. I didn't oh, know wow. he created this one, too. But for those uh, we've talked about him before, but Gunpei Yokoi was the creator of Metroid and Kid Icarus and the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy also. But we'll you know, I think he's I think we can expunge that from his record. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did sadly die in 1997 in a car wreck, but um, he he create some amazing shit like all of my favorite shit comes from Gunpei Yokoi so uh, I love that guy and yeah so the the Puzzle League series I feel like it's been kind of neglected right yeah. like it's been it, very few releases so we had Tetris Attack, which uh, is still great, still fantastic. Um, then Pokemon Puzzle League was the second kind of version of this series to be released in the U.S. There was another uh, sequel to Tetris Attack that only got a Japanese release.
1: What system is that on?
0: That was on... Uh, uh, is it on Super Nintendo? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we'll i have to double that. check on that. Um, but yeah, so then we had Pokemon Puzzle Challenge released the same time on the Game Boy. And then in 2003, Nintendo released uh, Puzzle League and Dr. Mario on a combo card for the Game Boy Advance, which is very worthwhile if you want think some it's fun. I DS, like... actually. No, that one's for Game Boy Advance, but there was a Planet Puzzle League oh, for yes, the DS. Oh, yes, you're I the wrong thing. Planet Puzzle League added touchscreen functionality, and it also added like item blocks that would have different effects, but otherwise pretty much the same.
1: That's a really good way to play this game because, A, it's on your DS. Yeah. Um, you can play... That game, I'm pretty sure, has a four-player mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can link up with other people, and you're all looking at your own screen, and you can do that with just one copy of the cartridge, which is nice. Um, the the thing about that game is it's super bland, yeah. And that's sort of why Pokemon Puzzle League and Tetris Attack I think stick in my head a lot more.
0: I think if you saw the cover for Planet Puzzle League, like you wouldn't look twice at it. it It just looks like uh, it looks like a freeware puzzle game that like your mom would play or something. It doesn't it it doesn't have any of the personality that Tetris Attack or Pokemon does. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time that this game made an appearance was on the 3DS Animal Crossing. Uh, There was a a special mode that could be unlocked by, I forget which amiibo you have to scan in, but it'll unlock Animal Crossing Puzzle League, which you can play in the game. Um, Yeah, so I think that's the last time it's really made an appearance, and I don't know why this is so neglected, because this is just a legitimately amazing puzzle game, and I feel like a lot of people have never seen it or played it.
1: So, like, I get why, like, the Pokemon Puzzle League has not sort of reappeared, but it's just, yeah, it's super weird that like Panel DePon or Tetris attack isn't on like the switch Super NES something free games like yeah, literally like I don't you just want this game to be accessible And it's crazy that there's not just a $5 version of or it and phone version. Shop. This
0: would play great yeah. on your phone Yeah Something like that. I mean, maybe it's just because, weirdly, this game was not very successful. Um, For a Pokemon game, it sold a little less than half a million units, which is, like, nothing to sniff at for anything else. But for Pokemon, like, I think the other three Pokemon games are all in the top ten sellers on the system. Like, that's insane.
1: I mean, the title of it, and sort of when you see what it is, it really reeks of a cash-in, like, conceptually. Because it's just like, oh they just taken some bland puzzle game and you know shoehorn the pokemon stuff in here but like they put some effort to put the Pokemon stuff in there, and you're not playing this game for the Pokemon branding. No, you're playing no. this game because it's an amazing puzzle game.
0: I think I was a little reluctant to play this just because I didn't want to keep buying stuff at this tender age. Well, I'm nervous yeah. about women seeing me play Pokemon. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I was I, I didn't want to like dig my heels in any deeper on it than I already had. And uh, yeah, definitely felt self-conscious about playing even Pokemon
2: Red and Blue.
0: Yeah. at Yeah, age. Yeah, and now I don't give a shit. I'll no them all day but like i don't know i, I think once i learned that it, this is paneled upon like i i was all in and I, I did buy this game when uh when it was new and i played the hell out of it like i've beaten all the puzzle modes i've beaten so th- this, this
1: game's got a lot of content there's a for lot of content single player multiplayer this game's worth it
0: this is the we talked last week about xena warrior princess a game that's fun for exactly 15 minutes yeah. uh this this will sustain you game for is a fun long for years. time yeah, yeah. You
2: can, and you can unlock harder difficulties in the one player mode that are obscenely
0: difficult and yeah fun. oh man i think uh, i think we've we've done it to it here do we have anything else to say about pokemon puzzle league other than fuck yeah <laughs>
2: no yeah that's great
0: yeah i, I love it um want to move on to our rankings sure all right each week we are ranking the games that we have just played i think we're up to 188 something crazy like that we have uh we have come far um i'm going to start off with this one uh I don't think it should come as any surprise. This is cracking my top ten. This nice. is my new number seven. So right below GoldenEye 007, and right above Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Uh god damn this game is so good it's just so so good you could give it to anybody and they'll have a blast with it uh i think the, the packaging is fantastic they really uh do a great job integrating the pokemon world into it i think my one nitpick is that i think this game would be ideal for four player uh, yes, it's uh content a four player mode and we actually had gathered like four player nicole's out there and she was playing with us too we'd gathered four players like prepared to play the four player mode and then we're like oh shit there isn't one which isn't the game's fault it's our own fault with memory like but uh Yeah, I think that's one thing that could really push it further over the top, but um, what's here is just phenomenal. Yeah, hard recommend.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I'm not putting it quite as high. I don't like this game as much as Tetris Attack. Really? Um, Yeah, just just because, I mean, that's the one that I'm used to, A, which is always hard to go back.
0: I will say I prefer the the Yoshi style. Yeah, I prefer the
1: Yoshi branding. That game has, Tetris Attack has excellent, excellent music.
0: That's this game true. does
1: not. This game, the music is pretty bland. Yeah. Um, like you said, it makes it easy to mute.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But
1: like, the music in Tetris Attack does an excellent job of being just super peaceful and nice. And then, sort of, as your blocks rise, it just gets really stressful. I mean, um, that
0: does adhere to, to be fair, but the music is better in Tetris yeah, Attack. Yeah, and it's
1: got yeah. the, sort of that soft pastel color from Yoshi's Island. Um, so I, I like that game more. Um, So, this game would probably be a lot higher on my list if that game didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm putting it number 16, uh, I think, which is right ahead of Blast Corps, um, which was also excellent. Yeah. And it's behind the NFL Blitz games, which I feel like also scratched that same itch of just being this fast-paced multiplayer thing. I'm just... Better at those games, yeah, um,
0: yeah. Fair. So
1: I like them a little more, even though the problem is, if you're behind NFL Blitz, I have to put you down three spots.
0: Yeah, anyway. yeah. I, well, you okay. can break it up. Two thousand, yeah, two thousand one special confusing. edition. Yeah. Uh, well, Nate, this is your one and only game on here, so this is your new favorite oh, game yeah, and least one. favorite game. Easy. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic.
1: But I mean, this would probably rank pretty highly for you on the no, N64, yeah.
0: regardless. It right? would. It would. Yeah. That. It, just so fun to play for sure. Well, we have one letter from a listener this week. Yeah, it's been a uh, while since we've gotten a letter. Yeah, it is, and we love getting letters, so send them in, ultra 64 podcast at gmail.com. Just let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear it. Uh, so this letter starts. Hello, Steve, Woody, and let's say, Nicole? Ooh, um, well, you I were mean, almost close, right. had been close. a four-player game, maybe. She's here. I'll say hi to her for yeah. you. Um, I have just finished listening to your Xena Hercules episode, and you were discussing the cottage industry that was syndicated speculative fiction action television of the 1990s. Okay. This triggered a memory of a TV special about unsuccessful pilots, and I had to share this knowledge with someone. Before their cinematic universe, Marvel tried to get into the television game with adaptations of Daredevil, Thor, and the X-Men using distinctly 90s TV budgets. Uh, I've tried to find these in full, but Disney has done its its damnedest (laughs) to keep them out of the gaze of the general public. Only Generation X, which actually aired as a TV movie in 1996, is available in full. Samples of the others can be found in various YouTube channels. Please discuss. And that's from Tim. Um, I have not, I did not know that these existed until uh, Tim pointed out. I, I did see Generation X. I watched that when it aired live. Which also,
1: I mean, kudos to Tim. Yeah. If you don't know that some random TV show, superhero TV show from the 90s existed, then he's found something very obscure. He's found something, yeah,
0: definitely. So, you yeah. know
1: your superhero shows from
0: the I, 90s. I definitely do, uh, but Generation X, I was super excited for because uh, that was like right around the time I was getting into comics. I was particularly into X-Men and I'd gotten for Christmas a whole like box set of the Phalanx Covenant storyline from X-Men. This is where uh, most of the X-Men are absorbed by this biomechanical life form and like turned into like pod people, basically. So it's just like banshee white queen saber tooth and then a whole bunch of brand new characters that are all like teenagers and they became generation x and that's what this tv show was going to be and oh my god this is the worst tv show you'll ever see in your life but i would recommend watching it on youtube it's on it's in full it's like a 90 minute tv movie uh I forgot who was the villain in that. I think it was Matt Frewer who played uh, Max Headroom or something. Oh my gosh. He he was the villain in that. And he's basically doing Dr. Forrester from Mystery Science Theater. (laughs) But doing it straight. But doing it. Well, no, but everything else is straight. Oh, I see. He's going for the rafters. Like, he doesn't seem to be in the same show as anyone else, uh, which makes it a little fun to watch. But I definitely want to track down these other ones. There's a Thor and a
1: Daredevil one. I wonder how they compare to the 60s ones. I'm curious. Like, Ferrigno and stuff. Uh,
0: Because Thor appeared in the the Luferino hulk series okay like there's fun images of him like he's just wearing like this fur coat and like a big viking they helmet really need and, to like, do
1: a crossover like above uh, the, the tv generation yes right? the, oh the, the, man the 60s hulk and the, the, 90s the 70s Daredevil.
0: 70s doctor strange yeah. yeah yeah with his giant porno mustache yeah <laughs> yeah so those are good pulls. so thank you tim for pointing that out and uh I always love hearing about weird, crappy, like syndicated 90s TV shows because I think... Yeah, just we did. This... We
1: watched Battletoads.
0: Yeah, we did. We watched Battletoads for our uh, Patreon episode, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. <laughs> you can listen to that right now. Yeah, we talked. Um, to is the Battletoads episode up? That is up as of this okay. recording right now. Um, and actually, well, I'll, I'll segue to talk about that. That's our Patreon feed, ultra 64 Pod and uh, we have a poll up right now for our patrons to select the next dance on right exactly that yeah of, that they, kind of poll they got to earn their skrilla um, we have a poll up there so that you can uh, vote for the next game we're going to play for patron exclusive episodes we're playing non Nintendo 64 games so we had patrons suggest different games I think the list right now uh, Woody chose Die Hard Arcade slash Dynamite Cop so
1: which they're is, two different, games. Two different games. Two
0: games yeah two different games yeah. both very short yeah. so it makes sense to combine them my choice This was a recent indie game called Return of the Obra Din, which is fantastic. And I really want to talk about it. Um, Then we have uh, The Sims. The original Sims is going to be up for it, where there's going to be the uh, card strategy RPG game Coldcept which uh, I've never played. I'm excited. Okay, I think
1: I own that game. So. And
0: then there's uh, a Hat in Time, which is oh, a recent man. crowdfunded platformer that's uh, inspired by a Nintendo I, 64. I'm excited to play any of those. Any of these those. would be fun. Yeah. Any of these would be fun. So sign up at patreon.com ultra64pod for $5 a month and you can uh, cast your vote on that game and then listen to the episode when it comes out. Um, Jeez, I think that's about it for me. Nate, thank you so much for being here and playing with us. Yeah, thank you
2: guys. It's a lot of
0: fun. For losing twice, yay! Oh, I saw yeah. I had bring to sneak that in yeah, there. Had I had to. I,
1: I thought you never know what people's uh, skill level is going to be at this game because, like, like Nate said, everyone plays this in a vacuum. Yeah, With yeah, the yeah. one person they have played with, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm really good at Tetris <laughs> Attack." And then you play, and they're either not very good at Tetris Attack or really good at Tetris right, Attack. Right, right. So I thought Nate was just going to wipe the floor with you. I you thought know. so too. You, you held your own. It, it was, it was a very exciting comeback.
0: I, I get very few chances to brag about doing well at video games on this show. So <laughs> you, you lost <laughs> right. twice
1: at the beginning, and then you came back. It, it was exciting. Yeah, exciting. It. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, it was Yeah, I mean, it was a fun one. But uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, have a rematch sometime soon because yeah, I, I think that needs to happen. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, you can find us at Ultra64Pod and all, or Ultra64Podcast at all the different uh, platforms, Twitter, Instagram. That's our email. That's our website. That's all that stuff. Uh, we also have our other show, Just Friends, yeah, where we're reading uh, 50 pages or so at a time of David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. We're a little over halfway through the book. We're cruising through by now. So uh, come check it out. There's lots of material to go back and listen to next week we are playing three games. Uh, we got to dig through our toy chest a little bit to bring these out because we are playing the Army Men series. So Army Men Sarge's Heroes 1 and 2 and Army Men Air Combat. So, uh, we're going to get a little, nice little taste of burnt plastic, I guess, uh, next week. No, so. oh,
1: don't taste burnt plastic. That, oh, is, that is not delicious. good for you. It
0: sounds delicious.
1: And we're going we're gonna to finish up here with a little a little Christmas tune. Yes. To get everyone in the mood. <gasps> Please enjoy the sounds of the Pokemon Christmas back. <laughs> <laughs> well, good night, everybody.
2: Christmas, the time of year for peace on earth
1: and to spread good cheer. A
2: bash, a
1: rocking party filled with fun where the laughter is party. It's the Pokemon Christmas Bash with Team Rocket, Rock, Misty, and Ash. So without further ado, here's a Pokemon holiday greeting for you. Who's that Pokemon at the Pokemon Christmas Bash? Who's that Pokemon? Team Rocket, Brock, Misty, and Ash. Who's that Pokemon at the Pokemon Christmas Bash? Who's that Pokemon? Squat, squat, squirtle. I'm Brock, back on the block from a quick little stint with Ivy's Flock. Two things on my list ain't many. A kiss from Nurse Joy, Joy and Officer Jenny. Yay. Santa please with your ho ho ho. Put them both under the mistletoe. Rock's kicking it and it's a gas. At, At the, the Pokemon, Pokemon Christmas Bash. Bash! Who's
0: that
1: Pokemon? At the Pokemon Christmas Bash! Who's that Pokemon? Brock's kicking in it and it's a gas. Who's at the pokemon christmas bash who's that pokemon